Welcome to the Citizen ATX Podcast. My name is Jonathan Spencer, and I want to thank you for joining us in our New Year series. We are kicking off today, ATX Neighbors. And let me be the first to say Happy New Year. I hope your year is off to a great start. We've taken a nice little break over the holiday season, but we're excited to kick off a new series that will carry us for several weeks here on the Citizen ATX Podcast titled ATX Neighbors. And before we explain really what that means, I also want to introduce my co-host today because Dr. Matt Gillum is not in the house. Instead, I have called in the big guns and we have Noah Hartwell, the Associate Worship Leader at Austin Baptist Church with us. Noah, what's up, buddy? What's going on? It's great to be here. I not, can't promise I'll be as good as Matt, but I'll try. Are, are you nervous? It's okay. You, can uh, tell you know, me. a little bit. You know, I haven't been on a podcast before, so we'll see how this well, goes. This is a safe place, Noah. So we're, <laughs> we're so thrilled you're here. Noah, tell people what you do around here, those that don't know who you are. Yeah, so uh, I lead the 1111 service, uh, the contemporary service here at Austin Baptist Church. Um, been here since, I think, Officially, since June, uh, was part-time and uh, went full-time in August of uh, 2021. So yeah, man, been leaving, uh, leading the 1111 service here for coming up on a year. So That's it's right. it's been it's been a really cool ride, and, and we love it here. So Time is flying, and we're, we're glad. Noah's been doing a great job on our team, and we're glad to have Noah here today. And Noah's here strategically because we're talking about a topic that we think he could weigh in on. Because we're going to talk about really young adult and college ministry, and candidly, Noah, I think I'm getting too old and irrelevant to really know these things. So Noah's Noah's here because he's cooler than me, so he might be able to actually just, just speak a little about bit. Just yeah, a little bit, yeah, you are a Longhorn, so that's, that's right. kind of uncool. Okay. That's uh, right. You, I at least have the Aggie side going. You're, you're for outnumbered you. today, here, buddy. I so. am outnumbered. I need to bite my lip because actually, right. I've got two other Longhorns around the table. I do want to introduce. I am badly outnumbered, but mm-hmm. we are in Austin, Texas, so that's nothing new. Well. But I've got with me Sarah Foster and Grant Hayden and they are the directors of the student-led ministry at the University of Texas called Ignite. Sarah Grant, good to have you guys with us today. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is great. Of course. Now, I am outnumbered here at this table, so I hope y'all will take it easy on me, but uh, I'm excited to have a table full of Longhorns because we are in Longhorn country at really one of the largest universities in the country, and what a great place and great opportunity to do ministry at the University of Texas, and we've got really Sarah and Grant here with us because they are right in the thick of it, down there on the 40 acres doing ministry, and we want to talk through really what it means to reach college and young adults in 2022. But before we get into all that exciting stuff, Sarah Grant, I just want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. So Grant, I might lead off with you, but tell our listeners just a little bit about you, about where where you came from, what you're studying, all those kind of items. Yeah. Um, so my name's Grant. I'm from uh, Leander, Texas, uh, which is not too far, far away. Far away. Yeah, <laughs> I know, so far. Um, and so I'm uh, a senior. I'm going into my last semester. I'm studying biology. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a fun ride. That's awesome. You're already smarter than me if you're studying <laughs> biology. I took one science class in all of college. I remember I got away with it. That's what you can do. That's what you can do yeah, when you're wow. a liberal arts student. Hey, so that, that, that sounds incredible. I got away with one English class. And well, so see, I, I, had, I was heavy on the other side. I did have a lot of English. And so, Sarah, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm a recent grad from UT Austin. I majored in radio, television, and film. Um, and I'm from the Dallas area. Awesome. Well, we're, we're glad to have you here in Austin, Texas, and, and really all three of the people that are here on the conversation, Noah, Sarah, and Grant, they all not only are Longhorns and have that commonality, but they also all have been involved in this ministry I alluded to earlier called Ignite. And 
I'm very familiar with Ignite. Uh, I, I know what they do, but I know a lot of our listeners might not have any idea what Ignite is. So, Sarah, how about you just kind of give kind of that 30,000 foot view of just what is Ignite if no one knows anything about it? Yeah, so Ignite is a four-day retreat in August, and its purpose is to connect incoming freshmen and transfer students to Christian community and local churches and ministries um, at UT Austin, and so it's for incoming UT students and ACC students, and then throughout the year, we spend time um, equipping our staff, building our staff, praying for these incoming campers to really make um, a community for them to come into and to just help ease the transition for these incoming students. Um, as they're going into the University of Texas, because it can be very scary to like go to a university where you don't know a lot of people or where you're like scared about um, what your faith will look like, especially when you're like warned by a bunch of people your whole life. Oh, don't go to UT. Yeah. But, um, and so just making that transition easier for them and giving them a welcoming community to um, know God better. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I know for me, I think I know I shared this with you, Grant, off off air, but I don't remember if I got to mention it with you, Sarah, but I went to A&M, as I already mentioned, and I was involved in an organization called Impact, which mm-hmm. is really the same kind of mission and ministry as Ignite mm-hmm. just over in College Station, but doing the same thing. But I know the value in it. I know it really does matter. And uh, it is a huge commitment, I will say, too. Um, tell them, tell them, I guess, what, what is y'all's role, too? And it's okay. You can humble brag right now and say what, what your titles are. for Ignite. These are the top dogs, yeah. They're, they're the top dogs, I know. Y'all won't say it. I'll just say it. These are the directors of Ignite, and that is a huge commitment. Uh, I will tell y'all, when I was in Impact, I never made it to director status. So y'all are already outshining me. But I was a counselor and then a co-chair and... I think a lot of people don't realize it because you mentioned you use that word staff, Sarah, which a lot of time people think staff, they think people like me that, that by God's grace are compensated, you know, in my context in a, in a church to lead in ministry. But are any of y'all compensated doing what you're doing? No. In <laughs> fact, we still pay staff dues. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. we're paying to do this. Exactly. Which I think that is just amazing that, that college students, and once again, it's students, lead this organization and give sacrificially both their time and money, to your point, Grant, to really impact the next generation of, of University of Texas students. So I think it's very commendable what y'all are doing. And and while that is kind of what Ignite is, you know, that's the, the general kind of in a nutshell, uh, synopsis of it. Uh, what I'd love for us to talk about just a little bit is why does it matter? I mean, cause y'all give all this time. And as you said, Grant, even some money to this, but, but what is it about Ignite? What do you think matters, Grant? Why, why have y'all been so involved in this? Yeah. Um, Ignite has been a huge part of my life. Um, like coming into college, I personally was like really like, I, I wasn't super certain on what my life was going to look like, um, coming into UT. And so uh, like whenever I went to Ignite, I was like immediately introduced to this incredible community. Um, I met one of my like closest friends of all time, like my current like direct roommate for the past three years, like um, met like so many incredible people who like really poured into me for like in such a unique way that I didn't really get in high school. Um, and it was just incredible. Um, and so the life change that I've gotten to experience like motivated me to do it the next year. Um, and then the life change that I got to see and those campers like motivated me to do it the next year. And it just continues to compound where I'm seeing so many stories where like people come to college and they're so uncertain. They're so like unaware of like what they actually want to do and like kind of hesitant, don't really know a ton and then just grow so much, um, because of the love of like the community that they get like at UT. 
um, through Ignite. And so like that, that is the, like my reason why of why yeah. I continue to come back. And, yeah. And Grant, what was your role again? What was your, what's your role specifically in Ignite this year? Um, this year I'm serving as, um, one half of the leadership training execs. Um, wow. and so we, um, me and then my co, uh, Lydia, um, we, uh, get, to like specifically focus on staff and staff development. That's awesome. So I misspoke earlier. Thank you, Noah. They're on the exact team. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're, they're top leaders. They're living the that exact life. Yeah. I yeah. know the yeah. tier I couldn't make, <laughs> but right. I know, but they're, they're, they're showing how it's done. And, and I loved what you said there, Grant, because I think you, you touched on a couple items there. I'd love for us to dig a little bit deeper because you, you alluded to the experience for the incoming freshmen, which, which Sarah talked about that. And that obviously is the heart of it, that y'all are trying to welcome freshmen and help them find community in Christ before they ever get to the 40 acres. But you also communicated through that. You might not meant to, but I heard it clearly was the impact it's made on you as a non-freshman, just a leader and, and being able to be uh, grown up through that ministry. Because to me, I think that really is the beauty of it is it, it really sharpens both aspects. I mean, would you agree, Sarah? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's funny because so much of it is camper focused and that's why we're doing it. But I have grown just so much in my faith and like as a person by um, being in Ignite for the past few years and being surrounded by such a strong community of believers who just love God so much and have so much joy because of that. And I think um, going in as a camper was an awesome, almost like tease to what I was about to go into. Um, And it was so much fun and the counselors and the staff just poured out so much love and were so like intentional in getting to know me. But then... um, it wasn't until like I became a counselor that I really um, got probably fully invested in Ignite um, just because of the people I was around and yeah. um, how much they loved God. And it was just so, so fun to be in a community that um, wants to share the gospel so, so much and mm-hmm. so badly and um, is continually working towards that. I agree. And I, I will say from my experience, that's what I, I saw, even, even in College Station with the kind of the sister organization and impact. Uh, my story was different in that I didn't ever, I never went as a freshman. I actually mm-hmm. transferred to A&M as a sophomore, so I wasn't even there as a freshman. But I remember I got there as a sophomore. And then when I arrived, I heard about impact, which is the same kind of deal. And somebody kind of coerced me into applying and getting involved. And somehow I got picked to be a counselor. But I remember for me, what I took away from it was it was what you just said, the power of, of Christian community on mm-hmm. campus where that became yeah. my circle of friends. Because for those of you that aren't listening, we use these terms like camps, which really just means a smaller group of counselors mm-hmm. that will oversee a another smaller group of freshmen mm-hmm. that will come to this camp they will physically go to in the summer. Um, but that camp I was a part of and those counselors, I mean, they became my peer group. And then mm-hmm. from there, that support group extended further into the prayer ministry folks, the executives, the co-chairs, all that, to where that really became my my group that I ran with for the next three yeah. years in College Station. And it impacted me. I mean, did it impact you in the same way? Oh, Noah? yeah. I mean, these two people right here are some of my very good friends. And most of the friends that I have uh, to this day, you know, being a graduate or about 99% of them are from Ignite. Um, and it's just because, I mean, you go through the highs and lows of ministry in Austin, you build a really deep connection with people. Um, and I kind of even wanted to ask you, Sarah, being the director of Ignite, what about downtown Austin? What about UT in particular makes ministry leadership so difficult? Yeah, I don't know. I think there are difficult things about it, but there's something so rewarding about doing things for God. Yeah. And I think, like, 
it can be hard to feel like there's a lot of pressure. I think last year in particular, I was on the exec team mm -hmm. um, as the media executive and I put so much pressure on myself for everything to be perfect because I like loved the ministry so much and I kind of lost sight a little bit of like why I was doing it mm -hmm. and that if I wasn't there, God would still move. Yep. And I think having that realization, like it was hard when we were online with Zoom and it was hard when there was just so many things that I physically had to do and like set up and um, just continually going and not really getting to like be present. And I think I realized that um, like doing those things for God is still just so rewarding and like letting go of my own pride and um, knowing that like nothing that I do is going to save anybody. Like it's right. what God's going to do through the ministry and through the people there and just um, trying as best I can, but knowing that like, it's not, it's not me who's doing yeah. it. And so I think that was the hardest thing that I had to learn was just like letting it go and like making sure that it's like fully in God's hands. And um, so I think this year it has been just really such a blessing to see how God is using everybody The well, we don't have counselors yet, but right. mm -hmm. um, the co-chairs, the prayer team, media team, training team, and particularly exec. I love exec so much. They work so, so hard and um, just how God's working through them. And so I think, um, I don't know. And I guess kind of off of that, um, I think when God's in something, it just has so much more joy in it. And so even like in the hardest times, like last year was probably my hardest year in Ignite um, with all the online stuff and being like responsible for all the technology. Right. Um, but even like in the hardest times of that, it was still, there was so much joy in it because it was for God than like anything that I was doing in my film classes or anything I was doing um, as an RA um, because God is just so good. Yeah. And there's still like, I was like, I do it all again. Yeah, um, absolutely. Even though it was really tough. Well, and I think the uh, the challenges y'all have had in particular in the last year, I think I I, I do not, uh, I don't have any idea what it would be like to be a student during COVID. I mean, I was blessed, obviously, to go through during quote normal times, but but college is hard enough. Right. I mean, if you just think about that that transitional time in life where essentially you are growing and becoming an adult and whatever future version of your life is going to, is going to really be founded in those, in th those four years. A lot of that is your formative time where it's all coming together. There's so much pressure and so many difficulties that come during that time of your life to then have COVID and all the complications that yeah. are thrown into it when yeah. you're already really some, sometimes if you're like me, you feel like you're sinking more than swimming. So I, I, I know it's difficult. And I know this last couple of years has been hard for y'all and really for anybody that's been in ministry, but I've appreciated Ignite as well as so many other churches and ministries because y'all pressed on. And I think that's a great word you shared there that God provided and he took care of y'all. But, but I would love to hear maybe Grant share a little bit just kind of digging further into that, just the challenges, because I know COVID, all the complications, those are there. But I would love to even hear just for a little bit from y'all, the challenges specifically in y'all's context, because doing mm. ministry anywhere is complicated. Right. But And this is coming from a guy that just came to Austin to do ministry about a year and a half ago. And, and I've identified what I would say cultural differences in the city of Austin and other cities, most cities around the state and even the country. But I think we are in a very unique place to share Jesus Christ. I would agree. Um, and, 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 and expound on that some, Grant, because I would love to hear just from your perspective, the University of Texas, what, what are, what's, how, would you, how would you rate the pulse of the campus in the spiritual realm and, and really the challenges that are out there? 
Um, I think that it is, well, it's definitely different from A&M. Um, no uh, doubt. Because, uh, like being a Christian isn't the quote unquote cool thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, I think that there are definitely more Christians than the like, st- like the mindset is. Like yeah. I think whenever I was coming in, I was like, there are zero Christians. <laughs> like there, yeah. there are like, there are barely any. I know that there's a, I know that there's churches in the Austin <laughs> area, but there's no college students that are believers. Um, but there definitely are. There, like it is. Um, more than I than I expected, um, but it is still like not like socially like the the cool thing to do, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because um, like I feel like it creates a big kind of divide in my mind of like what is UT like spiritually, right. um, and like I think it just comes down to like I think UT prioritizes a lot of. Because we are one of the best universities mm-hmm. in the world. Hook them horns. Oh, Let's go. Don't uh, it That's right. Don't That's right. Uh, Say it again. That's right. Uh, but uh, so I think like UT values a lot of um, like the things that they do, like mm-hmm. school um, yeah. and then people that are in like Greek life really value like the things that they do in Greek life, which yep. are great things to value. But I think um, it's super common, at least like it's super common, even just like in a life of any person to value the things that they do more than like what we're supposed to be, do- like who we're supposed to be doing it for. Right, um, right. And so I think that there's a really big divide of like, th- there are some people who do do everything for Christ. Right. And like, um, it's been a really cool, really cool to see like people like really like serve God. But then I feel like it's really common at UT for well, people to just be doing things. Well, when you say, you know, it's not the cool thing, Christianity is not the cool thing, which I would agree. You know, it's not the cool <laughs> thing really in most cultures period nowadays, unfortunately, but I guess, like, what is the cool thing? I guess it's my question to y'all to kind of put it in, in simple terms. Like, what what is it that, that college students, I mean, we devote our lives to something. And I know you mentioned some activities and things that some folks might be doing on the 40 acres. But in kind of a general sense, like in the larger macro level, like, what is it college students are pursuing? What are, what are they spending their time on? If it's not going to church and reading their Bibles, you know, what 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 is it that, that you feel like most college students get trapped in for those four years? I think. A lot of it is just pursuing something which isn't that specific, but like UT, you have the tower and what Mm -hmm. starts here changes the world and it's the towers looking at the capital. And I think um, specifically the UT culture, but also just American culture in general, it's like, you gotta be busy, you gotta be doing something, you gotta be pursuing something. Mm -hmm. And we so often like, if you're not busy, you're doing something wrong. If you're not busy, you should feel guilt. if you're not busy, you're not being the best you that you can be. You're not going to do anything great. And so I think the UT culture is very almost like just like hustling, like trying to be yeah. as successful as possible. And I think um, and I think um, on all hands, like even people in the Christian community of Austin and just in general, too, it's like, oh, like it can be so easy to get caught up in like, what am I doing? And I think. Um, sometimes we forget kind of like what Grant was saying to like, what are we doing it for? Who are we doing Mm -hmm. it for? And so I think, um, it's just a lot of pursuing something and there isn't necessarily like, I think from my point of view, going to film school, there's a lot of, um, I got to be on this film set. I need to go talk to this Mm -hmm. person. I need to make connections. And it feels very just like you're using people to get to where you're going. And I think. Um, it's probably similar in the business school. I got to have all these internships um, in like bio and nursing. It's probably a lot of studying and just trying to get somewhere. And 
um, college is a weird time because you're in that transitional period where the whole point of going to college is to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so it can be like overwhelming on um, how much should I be doing? I'm not doing enough. I'm doing too much. And the burnout's just very real. And so I don't know if there's a specific like thing, but I think especially on the UT campus, it's a lot of um, busyness and like chasing success, but you don't necessarily know exactly what you're chasing. I think that's a good word right there because I think I think everybody is ultimately chasing success. I think we're just that's probably the the training ground is college. I yeah. think where mm-hmm. where that's where it gets it really drilled into us because as you said, you're you're pursuing what what do I have for the rest of my life, and it's all supposed to come together somehow magically in these four or five years, and that's a lot of pressure, which leads yes. to a lot of anxiety that you're alluding to, which mm-hmm. which then just usually if handled incorrectly leads to more anxiety because you just get usually busier amidst your anxiety and it, it becomes a vicious cycle. I think one of the problems I think in, in Austin for people in general, though, it comes down to that same word of busy that mm-hmm. I think, I think really whether you get out of college or you're in college, I think we get so busy with things that we make no room for the spiritual realm mm-hmm. to even consider the spiritual realm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't think it's even that people are hard-nosed against it, although some are. Um, but I think sometimes it's just we're so distracted that we don't even consider it. Would you all agree? Is that is that true at the University of Texas? I would definitely agree. Um, I think it's ev- even like busyness um, causes such a problem even for the believer in college. Like there's been multiple times like in my college career where I've been so busy and so focused on the things that I need to do. And the things I need to do are like in my church or in Ignite. Um, but I got so focused on the things that I'm doing that like, like I'm like, I'm not thinking about like, Oh, like, why am I doing this? Like, what, what is the reason? How is this supposed to be like bringing me closer to Christ and glorifying him more? And I'm just thinking, Oh, I just need to get this task done. Yep. I hear you. And I think it, maybe y'all could speak to this as well. I mean, I just think it's magnified being in the city that we're in so success driven mm-hmm. with all that. I mean, the, the companies moving here, the, the millionaires and billionaires flooding our city now of just that, that chase, the, the chase that really never ends for success money. Um, I, I think that in particular, I think that that's something that makes being a Christian at uh, UT just a little bit different um, because we are at this massive school. We are in this city. That's probably the fastest growing and, you know, getting the most money at the quickest rate right Mm -hmm. i think that the chase just never ends and it's so hard it's so hard to convince somebody that's not a believer that 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 what they're chasing doesn't actually matter because surrounding them it's all that matters well and i like that word chase because i think i think there's uh, a word in there where you know people are chasing stuff but then likewise you know we're chasing people for the for the sake of christ and that Mm -hmm. that's our evangelistic call and i know that Y'all alluded to that. I can't remember who said it earlier, but talk about really that desire for Ignite to reach people for Christ, that evangelism and mission is at the core of what what y'all do and why you do it. And I would argue that should be at the core of every church. Every mm-hmm. good church, mission is is driving them. That's the whole reason we're here. That's why I'm here, is I hope even through an avenue like this, this podcast, that will continue to reach people for Christ. The problem I would I would throw out there, at least it seems, and I could be wrong, y'all are, y'all are younger and cooler than me once again, <laughs> is that churches, by and large, seem to be missing on a lot of Generation Z. Um, I'm an old millennial. I'm, I'm technically a millennial, but I'm an old one. But Gen Z, we seem to be missing on in churches, and not, I'm not speaking personally here. I'm talking about the big church everywhere. Um, 
do y'all sense that number one at UT where most people are not involved in a local church? You know, am I right on that? And then if so, my question would be, what has the what has the church perhaps done, quote wrong? Not to be all mean and, and everybody point fingers, but what do y'all think's maybe missing? Like I know the busyness, the obstacles, all yeah. that stuff's there, but but what do you think the church is maybe missing right now? Like why is it that that desire's not there for Gen Z to get there and to to be a part of a local family of faith and to to grow in Christian maturity? What what do you think it is? Is there anything the church could be doing that it's not maybe? I think like specifically for Gen Z, they're so used like they've grown up with technology and advertisements and it's just very easy to see through like things that feel not fake to them because like most churches are very good at like I mean I feel like like the church I grew up in was really good at preaching truth but they weren't very good at like being vulnerable Mm. and I think that was something that as a college student coming to my church in Austin um they were very just like vulnerable and authentic and I was like oh like I've never um fully experienced that before and I think vulnerability is something that maybe specifically Gen Z is looking for a lot too. Um, And I guess it just kind of depends on the church because I don't know that that's like a overall problem. I think that was just something like I love my hometown church, but I think that was something that I feel like I missed a lot of growing up was just that invitation to be open and like, um, and just talk about everything, I guess. And Mm. I think sometimes that could start with, um, like the Bible study leaders or this or that, and just um, being vulnerable with the people that they're teaching and to show that like those that are teaching aren't perfect and that's okay. Um, I think that that was the main thing coming to college that I was like, oh, this is like really cool that I'm doing this now. And I didn't realize that it was missing before. It's good. Yeah. Well, what I want us to do is I, I want us to take a break real quick because we've really been spending the last several minutes. We've been really talking about largely the challenges, just, you know, what's at stake at the University of Texas, what all's going on and why is it why is it so difficult seemingly to reach people for Christ? But I want us in the next few minutes to consider really what are some positive steps going forward? What are some solutions, especially with y'all having a, a pulse to the ground and the culture and talking about what's going on over there? I want us to consider what can we do individually all across the city of Austin and, and around the world to help reach the next generation? for Christ. What are some practical ideas? So we're going to come back and we're going to discuss that and more with our friends here at the Citizen ATX Podcast. Y'all hang in there. Welcome back to the Citizen ATX podcast. I am here hosting our first episode in the ATX Neighbor Series, and we have some friends with us from the University of Texas. I got Sarah and Grant here along with our own Noah Hartwell. In this last segment, we did talk about all the challenges and, and all the things out there on the 40 acres and how 
how it is difficult to minister to college and young adults. But in this segment, we're going to talk through different solutions and really some victories that we see in the work that we see Christ doing uh, at the University of Texas, but also really all around the world with young adults. So what one question I first want to ask, and really, Sarah Grant, y'all can hop in, whoever would want to, but, but I'm curious, because I know a lot of people listening, when they think college students, they think a lot of people think people and especially this would be a generation older, I would say. A lot of times we think about college students, we think all the worst case scenarios. You know, you think mm-hmm. people that are completely lost their minds, that are completely gone prodigal, wrong direction. You know, they're, they're becoming indoctrinated in all these ideas, anti-unbiblical uh, ideas. Sometimes people would look at that and say, well, how do you reach those people if they're that, quote, far gone? And, and, and I'm sure y'all have come across people that are, seemingly have nothing in common in Christ with you, um, those that have gone that route. What would you advise? Like, how do you bridge the gap and reach people for Christ when, at least on the surface level, it looks like you got nothing in common with them if you are in Christ? What would y'all say? Yeah, um, I would say, like, the first thing that I would really recommend is remember, like, Every single one of us, um, like, were created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, regardless of how many, like, differences there may appear to be, like, that, like, core truth is, like, the same for all of us. Um, And then also, like, another thing is just even if there are differences, um, like, ask them, uh, like, about their lives. People want to talk about themselves. Um, I've I've learned that a lot. Um, I like to talk about myself. (laughs) And so, um, like, just ask them. Um, I me and one of my friends were able to go and talk to um, this guy just at, uh, at the union. Um, and it, from like a spiritual standpoint, there was very, very like little like similarities. Um, but just like through like asking questions, like we were asking him questions and then he was like, you know, what, what do you think? Like, what, why, why do y'all believe what you believe? And we mm. were able to like share like why we like follow Christ with him. Yeah. Um, and, it was just because we were asking him what he thought. And then after he shared it and then he would like ask us questions about stuff. And we asked him questions about what he believed and like kind of embracing those differences yeah. um, to just like spark a conversation. Yeah. I think that's a good word. Yeah, that was good. I, I read a book actually from Trey Gowdy. It's called it doesn't hurt to ask, but it was the whole point of persuasion through question uh, mm-hmm. is really, and he wrote it from a legal context as a, a former lawyer, but, but really, that was the point was exactly what you said. People like to talk, you know, myself included, obviously. So, and if you ask questions, it's amazing how I believe in evangelism. God opens up doors simply through, through letting people speak and process those things. So that's great. And I love that you said that you have to have a burden for the lost. Um, Sarah, do you see that out there? Do you think, do you think evangelism is active amongst the body of Christ in the, in, in the college context in particular, but do you see, peers having a burden, because I think what you said was good, Grant, when you were mentioning that we're all made in the image of God, we have to remember that, and the value, even if we don't see the value on the surface, there's intrinsic value through their soul, but that burden, sometimes it doesn't feel like everybody in the world carries it. I mean, what, what would you say right now, do you think that, that, do you think evangelism is ripe and people are carrying that, or do you think it's a, kind of an uphill battle right now? Mm-hmm. I think it depends um, on just people's individual experiences. Um, I think like growing up in the church, a lot of people that are just always surrounded by that don't necessarily always feel that burden as much as they should. And like, I'm definitely guilty of that, of just being, or sometimes accidentally being too surrounded by community within my church or within Ignite. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, everyone around me is doing the same thing. 
Um, and so I think it's really important to not get too much in a bubble um, yeah. because there are so many people out there who are lost and who need Jesus and who are um, just really hurting. And so I think I think it just depends on the individual, but I think it does, like especially living in America like we do mm-hmm. where there's not as much at stake, the burden sometimes yeah. we're not always aware of it. Yeah. I think that's a good way no, to put no, it. No, that makes total sense. Uh, and I think the uh, I think you're right. I think we get stuck in bubbles. It's not it's not just college, even in the church world. I mm-hmm. think it's easy to get comfortable. I know we talked about busyness earlier, but I think comfort's the other adversary of yes. it all. Is that we just get comfortable because it's easy to go do church or go mm-hmm. do impact or ignite and go be with your your camp and just hang in your huddle and do those things. I've been there too. It's easy to always be with saved people. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes intentionality. I would actually say for the leaders in Christ to go find lost people. Because yeah. if we're not careful, we, by nature, are always going to be surrounded by other sheep. Um, so I think that's a good word. It's it's hard, and it takes intentionality. But I know, obviously, y'all have that intentionality. I know others do at the University of Texas. And if somebody did say that, like they want, they want genuinely want to go reach people for Christ, uh, college students, what would you advise them? Like, what what should be their approach? Any any kind of just pointers you would you would give them based on y'all's experiences, successes or failures? Yeah, um, the the main advice that I would give is um, when like interacting with like lost people, um, live out the gospel just mm-hmm. as much, if not more, than you're like sharing the gospel, because um, we're we're called to like live differently, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's what we're called in like Matthew five, like be the salt and light of the, of the earth. And so, um, when we like are actively living out the gospel, actively, actively living out like the commandments that like Christ has given us, like, um, people notice, like we're, we're, we're meant to be different from the norm, meant to be different from the way that society just like is leading us. And I think whenever we do live differently and truly have like that joy from the Lord, like shining through us, like people listen. And I think that it just like, it strengthens your witness and it strengthens like um, your things and it, and it makes people wonder why you're acting differently, yeah. why you're not doing the same things that everyone else is doing. Um, and it sparks conversations. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think also just, um, I like Grant how you were saying earlier, listening um, and asking questions. And I think as well, whether it's like you're on a college campus and you're trying to um, witness to people, or if you know somebody in college and, um, you are trying to figure out how to share the gospel with them. I think, you know, just always going back to prayer too. I think, um, it's prayer prayer is so powerful and, um, just being continually in prayer for Mm -hmm. people. Um, sometimes it takes a while, but like God is listening and he hears and, um, yeah, I think just continually pursuing people through prayer as well. I agree. And you got to be patient. I would mm-hmm. throw in there too, from my own experience. I remember when I was in college, my, my story, I won't don't have time to get fully in my testimony, but I, w- I was raised in church, but really didn't surrender my life to Christ till I was 17, the summer before my senior year. Mm-hmm. That's when I would say I was truly born again and everything changed in my life. But I remember going to college a year later, that was an eye-opening experience for me because, you know, I was legitimately committed to continue to grow in Christ, but obviously I was also around the more temptation and problems than I've mm-hmm. ever had. Mm-hmm. And I remember there were those moments where I, I did try to take the stand and, quote, do the right thing and not go that direction, but it didn't always go well. And I remember there was one guy that was a buddy of mine, and he was going another direction, and it was 
just casual drinking to getting drunk to getting drunk five nights a week and just a big mess. And I remember we had a lot of conversations back then and talking about life decisions and what he's doing. And I, I won't act like I said everything all pious and perfect. I know I didn't. I was stupid. But I, I, my heart was right. But my words probably were not. But I remember we ended up having to basically part ways. Well, he sent me a message. It must have been 12 years later. Uh, randomly on Facebook, where finally he got his life together and things are different. And he went through AA and he got married and everything's going on. He basically was apologizing essentially for stuff over a decade before and just talking about how his life's now on track with Christ. And he went the hard route, but he's there now. And to me, I think it was just a good reminder that sometimes what what happens in college, you don't always get an immediate return mm-hmm. on. Sure. And so I think y'all's principles y'all are given are, are solid and they do matter and, and all that stuff. And I would just throw in there, be patient because mm-hmm. it, yeah. it just Absolutely. won't always, not everybody has the Cinderella story of, you know, I met that person with purple hair down on the drag and then now all of a sudden I've won them for Christ. I'm baptizing them at my church this Sunday. Yeah. That, that doesn't always happen. It doesn't. And uh, you can't let that discourage you. Um, one question I also have for you guys is not only for those that want to reach people for Christ in college, but say those that have college kids or grandkids or cousins or friends that have just gone straight prodigal. Like I know mm-hmm. I've, I've spoken to so many people, especially as a pastor, concerned parents, grandparents that have loved ones that they know their kids are just going the wrong direction. What what are some positive things you would say for them? Words of encouragement for those that are concerned for their own loved ones that are going the opposite direction from Christ. Any any wisdom or encouragement you would have for those types of people? Yeah, I would I would kind of emphasize like just what you just said of patience and mm-hmm. um, like really like spend some time like praying um, like for your loved ones. Um, Cause like that is the most powerful thing like that we can do is pray. Um, and that should be the first thing that we do. And the last thing that we do, um, mm-hmm. for every time that we like want God to move. And so, um, but also like, remember that like, j- it's not immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's not, there's nothing that we personally can, can do mm-hmm. to like, we can't say the perfect words. We can't say, uh, just the right thing at the right time. We yep. can't like, we can't do anything to, like make someone believe in mm-hmm. who like Christ is and like we can't make them follow Jesus. Um, that is, that's, that's, that's God's job. And mm-hmm. so I think like submit it um, in prayer and don't get discouraged when like the prayers aren't answered immediately. That's good. Anything you'd add to that, Sarah? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what I'd say. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, no, I know that that's really difficult, but just giving it to God and, um, you know, there are ways to, like, talk to them when you do see them, but um, doing it in a loving way. Yeah. And um, not trying to, like, put up walls between you, but just genuinely talking to them and asking them about, like, how they're doing. But I, I think ultimately, like, the most powerful thing that you can do is pray for them and be yeah. patient with it. I agree. And I know, like, in, and even in my experience of friends or even family members uh, going astray, right, quote-unquote, it's kind of what you were saying earlier, Grant, about it's it's honestly more about the way you live your life. There's nothing more countercultural uh, than loving somebody whenever they give you the cold shoulder or whenever mm-hmm. they turn the complete opposite away from you. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, obviously it's it's prayer, it's, it's conversational, it's being um, intentional, but at, at the same time, I, I think there's so much power um, in, in loving somebody when they don't love you back, whenever they don't agree mm-hmm. with you and then they kind of like, you know, "Quote unquote," spit in your face, right? Like that. There's nothing more countercultural and nothing more like Jesus uh, than than to just give them love right back. 
So I agree. And I think it's important for us to remember they're lost. And with that, one, lost people act lost. That's just mm-hmm. that is, that is a biblical idea. So I think for us to have an expectation of people walking the straight and narrow when they are just lost out of their minds, I think we have to taper some of those expectations and realize we cannot be offended if their hearts have not been regenerated and the Holy Spirit's not mm-hmm. alive in them that yes, they will walk in the flesh, and fleshly hurtful things will come out, and we have to understand that and see them with spiritual lenses in that, mm-hmm. in that realm. But also, I think we have to remember that they're, they're lost, and they need, to what you said, you mm-hmm. know, compassion. Yeah. That I, I always think about that word lost that we use to describe people that don't know Christ. When you think of that word lost, that's, a, that's an uncomfortable word in just the, the English context. I mean, it means you don't know where you are, what direction you're going, yeah. you're hopeless, you have no idea what's going on. And that is really the, the description of life for someone that's not in Christ. So I think if we remember, man, they, they, they're hurting. They don't have anywhere to go. They don't know where they are in life and what they're doing. Right. When that kind of burden falls on us, I think then you start to weep for Jerusalem like like Jesus and, and weep for the lost like like Paul. Um, but that's hard, and that comes into our own personal sanctification, that we have to keep that softness towards the lost instead of a hardening. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one question I'd like to ask, and this is really just an open-ended one, I, I would love for y'all to share really some victories if you have some. Because I know sometimes you could do talks like this and you can ha- kind of come to the end of, uh, you know, oh, well, it's really hard out there, but I'll stay faithful and hope for the best. Well, good things have happened. <laughs> like good things are happening. And That's I would right. love for y'all to share some of that. You know, any victories y'all see of, you know, I'll ask that kind of open-ended question of what is God doing at, at UT? And how, how do you see him at work, whether it be through individual testimonies you'd like to share or whether that be through overarching, just larger, larger facts. But I kind of want to open that up for you guys. Um, the the biggest victory that I can think of is um, the ways that I've seen God work through um, other people. Um, and so for me, like the the clearest example that I can think of is one of um, the guys that was actually in um, my Ignite camp whenever mm-hmm. I was a freshman. Um, I was a on I was on pr- like on the prayer team for um, like that camp and. Um, one of the guys, um, that was in the camp, um, I saw a lot of myself in, and I, uh, really connected with and was able to meet up with him, um, like r- uh, cons- pretty consistently freshman mm-hmm. year, um, <laughs> before COVID. Um, but, uh, just getting to see him grow so much, um, since, uh, like me meeting him, like coming up on three years ago, yeah. um, not only has he started to, he joined, uh, the small group at like the church that I was going to and, um, then the next year he started leading it uh, with me and we've been leading together for two mm-hmm. years. And um, it was so evident, like so evidently like clear that like his growth wasn't because of anything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was just up to me. He would still be some little silly freshman. Um, <laughs> but now there's just been so many points where um, we've like mutually been able to point each other like closer to Christ. And like, he's taught me so many things um, that's just been like, so cool and like just getting to like see the ways that like God has grown him um in his maturity in his faith in his leadership um and the ways that he's like discipling and growing um these like other guys like around him like oh my gosh like it's, it just gets me so yeah. excited and it's like for me like that's the biggest victory is getting to see like God 
like bring other people closer towards him. Yep. And that and that right there is the true heart of discipleship. It's multi- multiplication because mm-hmm. now yeah. he's becoming a leader. He's leading others who will be leaders. And I think that's so important for Ignite. And that's why I'm proud of Ignite and proud for us to partner with y'all in any way we can because that's what you're doing. And truthfully, mm-hmm. I feel like even for my own personal testimony, I would not be a senior pastor in ministering if I wasn't invested into uh, during my time at Impact. Because it was the same thing. I was an idiot sophomore that, that <laughs> was just figuring out life that was discipled, loved, and then trained, offered opportunities to grow and giftedness and all those things. You know, I look back to it. Those were all little seeds mm-hmm. of, of yeah. faith and leadership yep. that God was putting into me that, that you don't see immediately. But if you remain faithful, the, the, the harvest will come. Um, anything y'all would add to that, Sarah, Noah, as far as victories, things y'all see God working, working yeah. through? Um, I think there are so many little victories that it's hard for me to pick one. Um, one that kind of popped in my head was like when we did Ignite on Zoom two years ago in August and the summer camp on Zoom doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> um, and it was hard. Like I, the three of us um, yeah. were all co-chairs at the time. Yeah. And so we would lead the camp and then send our camp uh, what and send our counselors <laughs> off um, with the campers and you'd just be sitting in a Zoom room and you're like, is just anything waiting. happening? Yep. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, this is weird. Like, I don't think they like me. Like, just all these thoughts. And then um, my counselors would come back in to the main Zoom room after their camps had left and they'd be like, this is so cool. Both of my campers live in the same dorm. And we were like, whoa, like <laughs> just these little things that like God had orchestrated mm-hmm. for this camp. Um, when we just randomly put them into small groups and those campers were like there for each other, but then they would come back in and talk about like how God was moving in their groups. There was one day that we stayed on the zoom call for an extra hour, just my co and I sitting in the room because, um, the small group was still going and they were still just talking. These are strangers that they met online, which is just so weird to think about. (laughs) But even in the midst of zoom, like that did not stop God from moving. And he used that so well. And I think, yeah, like online summer camp on Zoom does not sound very fun, but like <laughs> God said, all right, we're going to use it yeah, and we're right. going to move. And so I good. think it's just been so cool to see God move in both like big and little ways and how everything has just been orchestrated so well. And even when we don't know how things are going to turn out and especially just during all the COVID stuff and yeah, will yeah. we have camp? Will we not? But, um, it still works out and like God moves so much, like more than we could ever imagine. I agree. And I, I, I had a, a couple verses I shared with our staff actually a few hours ago at staff meeting. I want to share now kind of in closing as we wrap up, but Paul writes a letter to Timothy famously. It's a second letter. It's really some of his final words before he is killed during his second imprisonment in Rome. And he tells Timothy to remember Jesus Christ. This is in 2 Timothy 2, verse 8. Risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. So he's telling a pastor to remember Jesus. But then he says, for which I am suffering. So it's also because of Jesus, Paul's suffering. And he says, bound with chains as a criminal. He's awaiting his death. But he says something right there afterwards that I think is so good. He says, but the word of God is not bound. Mm -hmm. Paul says, I'm bound. God's not. He says, right now, I'm bound. Things aren't going the way I want. It's hard. It's tough sledding. I'm never going to see this guy again, which is the truth. He's never going to see Timothy again. He's going to die. But he says, God's still working. He says, the word of God's not bound. He's not in chains right now. And and God's still going to continue his mission. And I think it's an appropriate word, I think, even at the University of Texas, where sometimes we see the chains of sin and all those issues where 
people seem all bound up and all kinds of problems. And it's easy, I think, especially from the outside to look at that and say, oh, it's all hopeless. Mm -hmm. The word of God's not bound. And I, I really do believe it, that God's raising up a generation that cares and that really there are leaders right there through Ignite and through the University of Texas that really will change the world. And I'll forgive y'all for going to the University of Texas. As long as you <laughs> still em. change the world, I'll, I'll be okay with that. But I'm excited because I'm grateful for what y'all are doing and really what God is doing through y'all. So thank you for your leadership here in the city of Austin and there at Ignite. And here at ABC, we want to be advocates and helpers in any way we can. But we appreciate all y'all are doing. And we will continue to pray for y'all and many others. And Sarah Grant, we just appreciate y'all being on today. Yeah. Thank appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For and listener, thank you for hanging with us today. We want to make sure we invite you back for the next episode here on the ATX Neighbor Series. We're going to continue to bring partners and advocates for the gospel here in the city of Austin as we continue on mission to shine the light of Jesus Christ and be that city on a hill that he's called us to be. So thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day and we will catch you soon.